Good morning. How's everybody doing? Happy early Labor Day. Hopefully everybody gets a chance to enjoy the, the day off and, you know, as everybody kind of braces for whatever this storm is going to do, uh, you know, we at least spend it in prayer for, for those that will wind up being affected for it. Uh, my name is Eric Smith. I'm the Discipleship and Outreach Pastor here at Connection Church Savannah. And I just want to join with Brandon and extend our welcome. I want to welcome you. If this is your first time here, I just want to tell you how excited I am that you're here, that we're all excited that you're here. We've been praying for you. We've been uh, looking forward to this. And, and so we want you to feel the love as you walk into this place that we really have for you. And we are so excited that you are here. And if you've been here before, then you're family. And you know that. And that's what the atmosphere needs to be is a, a family. We are all sons and daughters of God. We have joined together through the blood of Christ uh, into the family of God, and that's good news for all of us. And so that should always be the atmosphere is that, that we feel like family when we're in this place. And so it's good to be here. It's good to be in a church that, that so many good things are happening, and Brandon went through that list, and, uh, and we do. We have some incredible things that are happening. We're excited about what God has done and what God is continuing to do. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to, to follow Brandon's lead. That next step, next step table, we have all the information and resources that you need for anything. Uh, and the hope is that in the middle of that, you see that our focus is to connect people with a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And like he said, we don't want to do that from a menu where you just pick and choose and, and, and not really sure of what this is or not really sure of what that is. But we want to give you a roadmap. We want you to see clearly what that map looks like and then go, okay, here's where I fit in and sort of give you those pathways and then the on-ramps and the off-ramps to get on and off uh, in, within those pathways. And we're gonna do that through next steps, right? And, and so whether it's a connect group, whether it's a discipleship, whether it's a, a join in the mission field, whatever that is, we wanna be there with you to walk with you as you figure out not only where you are, but what that next step looks like for you. And so it's just been a blessing to be a part of a church that's so focused on that, and, and I'm excited about it. One thing that, uh, that Michael has done and that we are always going to do is before we get started, we just want to come into this place, and, and we want to just take the time to settle down because, man, it's, it's been busy. This weekend's busy. People are everywhere. You have people on vacations. You have people concerned about where family is during the storm, what the storm's going to do, and all of that. And so before we break open God's Word, we just want to take some time and just settle down and just be still and, and just, let's just hear from God. Let's just pray to God and just acknowledge Him for who He is and just spend some moments with Him and let Him just speak into our hearts and prepare our hearts for what He has for us in His Word. So if you want, the altars are open. You're going to be able to come up. If you want to uh, get down on your knees, whatever that looks like for you, if it's right where you are, that's fine. If it's coming up here, you're more than welcome to come up here and do that. But we're going to take a few, minutes, a few seconds, and we're going to pray, and then I'll, I'll uh, jump in and pray for us. Father God, we just love you. We just thank you for who you are. We thank you for the way you love us, uh, the way you love us in spite of us, the way you, you look at our hearts and you look at the darkness that they can, uh, can journey into, and, and you love us anyways. And you love us so much that you were willing to step out of heaven and come to this earth and humble yourself, even unto death for our sake to show us your love for us, to not only show us your love for us, but to create in us the very thing that you desire, a worship for you, an awareness of who you are, a love for you that overflows into serving one another, praying for one another, caring for one another, going out of our way and sacrificing for one another, Jesus, just as Jesus did for us. Lord, let that be our hearts this morning. Let us have hearts who are aware of what your good news in Jesus Christ has done. Let that stir our affections for you. Let it stir our prayers. Let it stir our worship. 
And God, we have so much that, that we can pray about. We have so much that we can lay before you, God, and we just want to continue to do that. We just want to continue to, to pray for the ones that we know are, are going through these uh, moments. Lord, we're just praying for your comfort. We're praying for your presence to be overwhelming. We're praying for your peace. Lord, we just lift Lindsay and Blake and Hudson up to you. You have been so good already. You have been so good in the way that you uh, cared for them, the way that you've been present for them, Lord. And it's been so evident in the way they acknowledge you, God. Lord, we've seen progresses, and God, we're just praying for more of that. We're praying for you to continue to heal Hudson's body. Lord, to just continue to bring him to the point to where uh, you have planned for him, God. We are just seeking you in this and, and trusting you in this and knowing that you love him. God, and we just cling to that, and we, uh, we're going to put all of our hope and faith in that. God, but we know that you're a miracle-working God, and, and so Lord, we're asking for that. We're asking you to continue to do miracles because we've already seen miracles done. God, we're just praying for Stacy's father. Lord, that you'll continue to do what you've uh, already done, and, and that's continue to heal him, God. Lord, continue to, uh, to progress him. Continue to give him steps uh, back not only to health, full physical health, Lord, but, but spiritual health, God. Lord, we are looking for that. We are looking for that good news uh, in, that, in that story. And Lord, there are, there are, these are not the only stories in our family of people who are going through things, people who are struggling with things, God. And so for all of those, we are just praying for your overwhelming presence again to be there. Lord, we are praying for the comfort that only you can give, the peace that only you can give. Lord, we are praying for the miracles that only you can do, Lord. And Lord, most of all, we are praying for your glory to be seen in every one of these situations, God. Let the moments do what you intend for them to do. Let them mold us and shape us. Let them uh, stir our affections for you. Let them uh, lead us into a place where we look to the heavens for our help. Let them lead us to a place where we cling to the cross of Christ and we trust in that name. But most of all, let us just, let those moments bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. God, as we open your word this morning, we're just praying for our hearts to be receptive to hear what you have for us in it, God. As we take this last step in the cultures of our church, God, we're just praying uh, that, that the awareness of what this means for our church and for this world, God, that it becomes real to us, Lord. Uh, let it be something that we take ownership of. Let it be something that uh, becomes a, a, a burden that we can't shake, Lord, to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we just lift up Michael and Savannah as they enjoy this time together, Lord. We're just praying for nurture, you to nurture their hearts. We're praying for rest and we look forward to what you're doing in them and how that's gonna look when you bring them back, God, because we know he's gonna come back with excitement. And Lord, we're looking forward to that. And so we just love you and thank you uh, for that time for them. Lord, we just ask you to be with us. Be present in this moment. Lord, we're just looking for lives hearts to be transformed by your word this morning. Lord, we just trust the name of Jesus Christ, and it's in that powerful name we pray. Amen. So a couple more things on what's going on. You know that Momentum Yes video that just went through, that's going to be an exciting part of what we're talking about, Lord, our today um, and, and what God's doing and, and what God's doing in this church. Uh, we're really excited about that. We're excited that that's going to be a part of our connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, go see a next step table. We have a connect group that is ready for you. They are uh, praying and excited about you coming if you are already not a part of one. Uh, but that's going to be a place where we not only know that real life transformation happens, but it's a place where we know that God is growing people for his purposes and for his sake. It's a place where um, you know, we're seeing the, the word come to life. And so if you're not a part of that, go get involved because it's gonna give you access to that Momentum Yes series, and it's gonna be incredible. We're really looking forward to how that's gonna open our eyes to where we fit into God's plan for uh, the gospel message being taken to the world. And we believe that's what the church has called, been called to do. We believe that here at Connection Church in Savannah, that we are called to the world, that we are not just supposed to come in and join together and get excited about being here. This is all great, just like Abby said in the video. you know. But we don't want to be a church that we just come in and, like Michael says, has this holy huddle. We want to be a church that's aware of what God's called us into, that he didn't just save us from something, but he saved us for something, that he's called us into something that's gonna require us getting up and getting out and going to where people are because if we ask them to come to us, we're making them the missionaries, and that's not what we're called to. 
right? God called us. He told us to go. And so we're excited about how that's going to change our perspective. We're excited about the missions class that, um, that's coming. If you haven't been a part of that, if you didn't make the first one, don't worry about it. You don't want to miss the next three. Don't let that be something that persuades you or keeps you from coming. I promise you, it will change your life. It is something that you want to be a part of, and it's going to be right here. And don't miss it. Put it in your calendar if you can. And as usual, we're excited about where the next series is going to be because we're going to be in Acts. Um, And so being able to walk together through Acts and then being able to take that and share what God's doing through uh, the the witness journals that we have that are going to be an overview of what we're going through verse by verse or going to the website and use it. But there are journal opportunities in there. There's just opportunities for us to really grow in the word through this series. And so we're looking forward to that. And we're excited about being able to do it and to do it alongside of the Momentum series. So we got a lot going on and we, we're excited and hope that you're excited about being a part of all of those things because we really think it's helping to shape us for what God is calling us into in this world. So we're finishing up our framework series. This is the last week of our framework series. And so I love the, the church that we are in because we've taken cultures and we wanna use those cultures as a way to gauge our health, not only as a church, but as believers. But this is the thing that I love about the cultures of this church. It's that we didn't go, we wanna have these cultures and then try to fit them into scripture. We didn't go, hey, we wanna be this way, now let's flip through some scriptures and then go, okay, that's where that fits. We took and went, we went to scripture and we says, these are the cultures that we see in scripture. This is what we see coming out of Acts 2. These are the cultures that we want to define our church with. And so it's been incredible to kind of just bring that again, bring that around again and just remind us that, hey, this is what our church is about. And then it gives us an opportunity as individuals to go, okay, where am I at in this? Where is my part in this? And how can I get on board with this and take my next step or either grow in these areas? And it's just awesome to be in a place where we're taking that time to circle back around sometimes and just remind ourselves of what we are called to do and the vision that God has given this church. And so we started out reading Acts 2, 42 through 47. So it's gonna be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles, but you can go ahead and turn there. We're gonna read it one more time, not the last time because we're about to start a series in Acts, but we're gonna read it one more time. And I promise you, if you stick around here for a little while, you're gonna hear it again. It won't be the last time. Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And so when we started this series, we started out with community because we see that in there. We see a community like we don't see nowadays, right? We see a community that's willing to sell their possessions and give things up for those that are in need, Uh, a community that's willing to come together and break bread and with joyful and glad hearts, a community that are all together in on what the apostles' teachings were, and then they got to witness these miracles that God was doing and and just witness how he was continuing to add to their number daily. And, And we don't see community like that anymore. We don't see a community that people are just, I'm all about the person next to me before I'm ever going to think about myself, right? That's not the world we live in anymore, but that's the world we want to see come alive again. That's the, the, what we want to see, and we know that God is the only one that can do that, that can change a heart. And so we began in community, and then we went to serving. And we see that here, right? We see that they were serving one another. They were going over and above and beyond to try to serve one another, to outdo one another almost in serving. And it's just an incredible thing when you have a church full of people who are willing to do what it takes to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to just serve someone, not for themselves, not for the glory of themselves, but so that God's love is felt, so that the face of Jesus, the reflection of Jesus is seen and someone knows that there's hope in that, that God loves them. And so I'm thrilled that we get to be a part of a place that really puts serving one another at a priority. And then we move to generosity. 
Michael did an incredible job last week of just showing how our generosity can impact not only our church, our community, but the world and what God does with that. And it was amazing. If you didn't get a chance to catch it, I would suggest go back and, and listen to it because it was amazing. And so now we're ending it with evangelism, right? And, and so this one I'm excited about because this is what God's called us to. This is the nuts and bolts. This is what everything else that we're doing is built for, right? The community, the serving, the generosity, all of it is to gain the influence necessary to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, right? That community, we're sharing the gospel. We're preaching the gospel to one another. Our serving is a picture of the gospel message, right? Our generosity, not only through, through giving, but through our time, our treasures, our talents, just like Michael said, all of this, just sacrificing from the first of who we are, not giving someone what's left over, but giving them the first of it, right? It's a picture of the gospel. It's showing us what Jesus showed us, and it's kind of building in that opportunity for us to hopefully share that good news with someone, right? And so it's amazing to see what God is doing in this, and I'm so excited that we're a part of a church that has built a culture off Scripture. And so I'm excited about what we're talking about today because we understand that we're called to be sent, right? You've already heard it several times this morning. You've already seen it the momentum, yes. You know where our heart is. You know that we're willing to go wherever God calls us to. We know that whatever God is doing is for those purposes, right? And you're gonna hear time and time again, and I'm gonna tell you again that what we want is a, is a church full of people with hearts that are willing to give God their yes and let him put it on a map, Right? That's what we're looking for because we know that God has called us to that, that 42% of the world still do not have an opportunity to read a Bible, to see a church, or to hear the name of Jesus Christ. And so who is going to tell them? Just like Kevin said, right? Who? Us. That's what God is doing. Because the one thing we know that God's resource for touching the world, his plan A for the world is his church. There is no plan B. That's what God has called us into as a church, and we believe that, and we're excited about that, and we want to be great commission central, right? We want to be centered on that. We want to make sure that everything we're doing is following the great commission because Jesus gave us this commandment. It was what he told us to do. It was his last words before he ascends, and so it's something that we have to listen to because if not, what are we doing? What are we doing? And so we know that we've been commanded to this. We know that, that we have to do something with this message that has supposedly transformed our lives and transformed our hearts and changed everything about us. How can we be a church that just sits on our hands, excited about the wonderful decision that we made to follow Jesus, right? We didn't make that decision. We didn't find Jesus. Jesus found us. Jesus came and saved us. We have no business sitting on our hands considering ourselves wise because we come to church every Sunday. God has called us to something more than that. God has commanded us to something more than that. In Mark 16, 15 through 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is Jesus appearing to them, and, and, and this is after he rebukes them just a little bit for not believing, right? And then he gives them this command again. But we believe there's no way you're going to read Mark 16 and 15 through 16 and not feel the urgency to do what we have been called to do, and that's to share the gospel. Kevin was right. That video was great because he was right. There should be an urgency within us. There should be something that's burdening us to go and share the gospel, Right? We, there has to be something going on because how do you have the best news you've ever been given in your entire life, the thing that changes everything, and then keep it secret? How do we do that? God's called us to something more than that. He's called us into something way more powerful than that. And so we believe as a church, that's the focus. That's what God has called us to, and that's where we want to be. If God says go, we want to go. Right? So 
Michael's been doing some great illustrations with these chairs. And I, if I talk to you, there should be 10 people, and I'm hoping I got everybody right just like Michael does. I was kind of laughing about him being concerned about it, but now that I'm in this spot, I'm a little nervous about it. So I may have gotten the numbers wrong, but let's see. I, I asked 10 people to come up. If you're in here, if you're one of those 10 people, will you come up and, and have a seat? The thing about evangelism, um, it's going to be a little bit hard to give super accurate numbers, especially for the sake of our church being where it is. And so what I found was a lot of very sobering numbers about evangelism. And so these people have been kind enough to help me, and we're going to go through a couple of them. So we know that we're averaging about 160 every service. And so one thing my numbers, unfortunately, I got stuck with was odd numbers, like nothing that was divisible into 10. And so we're just going to round up for anybody who's a math nerd in here and goes, that's not right. Just you're going to have to bear it with me. Uh, you know, there's only a couple pregnant people in here, and I didn't want to do all the math. So just go with me. All right. So we're at 160 people in our church, right? So I'm going to ask you three on the end to stand up for me. So for every 40 to 60 believers in a church, there's one person that comes to faith by the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only one, right? And so for our church, these three would represent that. Thank you. You can sit down. All right, so there was a poll amongst believers, 18 to 29. 85% of the believers agree they have the responsibility to share the gospel with unbelievers. And then 69% of those people acknowledge that they feel comfortable sharing the gospel. Could y'all two at the end stand up for me? Only 25% of them actually will, and only 27 of them are actually being intentional about relationships that are going to lead to the opportunity of sharing their faith with an unbeliever. So only 25% are actually making friends with an unbeliever in the hopes that at some point in their relationship, they'll be able to share the gospel with them. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. All right, here's the fun one. So Lifeway did a poll. And they asked churchgoers if they had asked any unchurched person that they knew to come to church with them on a Sunday or to any church program. Could y'all five stand up, all five of you? When they asked, how many have you asked? All of them said zero. 50%, 48% of the believers that were polled said, I have not asked anyone to come to church with me. Okay, y'all can have a seat. We all three on the end, starting with Eric. We all three on the end, stand up. 33% of people say they've personally invited someone one or two times. All right. Alex, will you sit down? 19% of people say they've done so three or more occasions in the last six months. You guys can sit down. So here's the hard one. Perry, you sit down. Will everybody else stand up? This is the hard one. 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. 95. That's a hard number. It's a very sobering number. All right, guys, thank you all. Y'all can go back to your seats. Give them a hand. They were good. So there's something going on there, right? That's something that, that should give us a question in our heart about what we're doing, right? And those, there's a lot that goes into those numbers. And so there's, you, know, you can have some discussions about it one way or another. But the one thing that we can see throughout is that we're missing the fact that somewhere along the way, we have to grow in the way we evangelize those around us. That as a church, as a big church, the big C church, we're failing to do this for some reason. And we're having a hard time with it. And so 
we have to figure out if the church is gonna be God's plan A to reach the world, then what does that look like for us? How do we make evangelism a priority? Because this is the one thing we know, and you've heard it before. Every person needed to fulfill the Great Commission is already in the church. We believe what God is calling us to. Everyone's right here. So if it's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have it right here. We have everything we need. It's in the church already. We don't have to go out and find. We don't have to go out and seek. We don't have to work hard. It's right here. That's good news. That should get us excited because we have what we need to carry the gospel forward, right? So we should be excited about that. But there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect to what's going on. And so the main verse I wanna spend time in real quick and we're gonna go through it. We're gonna start in Romans 10. We're gonna go one through 15. And just to give you a little backdrop as you turn, this is, this is Paul, and he's explaining Israel's rejection of the Messiah. And he's going through the, the, the shift from the focus being on those. Not that it's been a, a, a complete shift to where he's removed his purpose for them, but that now what everyone thought was focused on just the Jews has now expanded to the Gentiles, right? So brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them, meaning the Jews, is for their salvation. I can testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Since they are ignorant of the righteousness of God and attempted to establish their own righteousness, they have submitted to God's righteousness. They have not submitted to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Since Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law, the one who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him that have not believed in? Or how then have, can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so there's a lot to unpack in there, and there's a, there's a lot that we're gonna have to get through really quickly. But Kevin said it, that, that video was who? How are they gonna hear? How are they gonna hear and believe in him if there's no one there to tell them? If there's no one there who has a heart, who is so overwhelmed with God has done and what God has done for them that they are willing to push aside everything else and go, I'll go. I'll go because it brings glory to your name. I'll go because of what you've done in my heart. I'll go because I'm not the same person that I used to be. And so I'll go because the same hope that changed my life, the same freedom that, that I experienced, the same peace and comfort that I've been given, the same joy that I have in the cross of Christ, I want someone else to experience and I'm willing to go. So God, yes, you just tell me where it is. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to get that into who we are. It's hard to, to kind of go through and, and do what God has called us to. And there are things that hinder us. And so I wanna give you three different things that, that hinder and kind of go through them and then talk about a couple of strategies that, that we can talk about and see maybe if this will help us a little bit. But we have to think of evangelism more than just 
a little phrase that we used to use. And if you've been in church very long, I wasn't raised in church, but I heard this pretty quickly. And, the, and the, it became this little thing that I always heard when someone was kind of talking about how you share your faith, and it, and it was just preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Has anybody else heard that before? Preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Now, the idea behind that, I agree with. But it has a, it has a logical flaw because it creates the idea in us that all we have to do is live out this life that emulates Jesus and people will be saved, right? That's all I have to do. I'll go to my job and I'll just be nice. I'll quit cussing. I'll, help, I'll just help people out. I'll go and give somebody a ride every once in a while. I'll go to church on Sundays. I'll be the reflection of Christ as I see it. And then people will just get saved. How's that working? It's not, right? But we've created this idea that we can just get away with that because, hey, just preach the gospel and sometimes use words. There is no way, even by definition, that we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and not use words. We have to get to a place where we're comfortable sharing about our faith, being willing to tell people about the name that saved us, the name that transformed us. We have to be willing to be bold and step into that moment and go, let me tell you about this man I met named Jesus, and he changed everything, right? But that's hard. It's a hard thing to kind of get over because what we've done is we've created this discipline, spiritual discipline list that we are willing to follow. Pray. We're all about praying. Read the Bible. You got to, Right? Be in community. It's, it's going to help. It's going to be where transformation happens. Be in community. Spend time together breaking up the word. You need to get into discipleship. But where's the evangelism? How are we going to disciple someone and not tell them about the name of Jesus? How are we going to disciple someone and not proclaim that name with words and, and just flat out lay it down? I was a sinner, and because of the blood of Jesus, because he climbed up on a cross for me, I am free of all that was binding me. I'm free from sin. I'm free from death. And empty tomb means death has no hold on me anymore. I got to tell people that. I can't hold that in. I can't just, I have to make that a spiritual discipline because the other things are vital. We gotta pray. We have to pray. We should be praying. We should be praying for the lost by name. But we gotta put some action behind that, right? We can't just pray for them. I hope Bob comes to Jesus, Lord, and then I just let Bob roam around all over the place and never do anything and tell him or tell him about Jesus, Right? We, gotta, we have to read the word because it's gonna help us. It's gonna help us overcome what we're gonna get to as another hindrance, which is fear, right? We gotta read the word. We have to be in community because we're nurtured in that community, right? We're sharing our faith with one another. We're, we're learning to be transparent. Those are helpful things. Those are spiritual disciplines that we gotta have. Communion, it's a spiritual discipline, right? We wanna make sure we're, we're doing this as often as we can. Why? To remember Jesus, to be reminded of it. What are baptisms for? To remind us of what Christ has done in our lives, right? And to celebrate what he's done in the one that's in the water, right? So we have to get into this place where we're making evangelism a spiritual discipline, that everything I'm doing is funneling into ultimately I get to tell this person about Jesus. Build that relationship. Pray for that person. Spend that time with them, invest in them, and then tell them about Jesus. Give them those sweet words, that message that there is only one way to God, only one. Clear that water for them. Here's the other one, second one, that's a hindrance. It's not my job, right? It's not my job. Uh, just my transparency, I'll be honest with you. One of the things about this new role that I've stepped in was that I was excited because now when I meet people and I go, hey, what do you do? And they tell me about it. And then they go, what do you do? Now I get to say I'm a pastor. And then I get to follow that up with, you know what we got to do now, right? Got to talk about Jesus a little bit. Where you at? Here's the problem with all of that. I should have been doing that for years since the day Jesus saved me. 
I should have been doing that. I don't need a pastor's role attached to my name for that. And we've made that a mistake. We've left that in charge of the guys that are the paid professionals. We said, these guys are the experts. These guys are paid. This is what they're supposed to do. So let's let them do it. And we'll just look like Jesus, right? And I promise you, that's not what God intended. That's not what God has called us for. And here, I know it, we'll read it, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? We are. For the equipping of the saints, for what? For the work of ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in doing that ministry that God has called us into, we'll be matured as well. So why are we waiting on maturity? Why are we waiting on this thing that like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do or what I'm gonna say. Why are we waiting on that? God has called us to it. And then he's given us the pastors. And yes, it does say he's given some evangelists. And yes, I can tell you there are people in this room that that is their gift. They're evangelists. That's what they're called for. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't remove that we are called to do it as well. And you don't have to get paid to do it. So we got to remove that stigma that it's not my job, that pastors are the only ones who are qualified. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal what? Priesthood, right? A holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Why? So that we may proclaim, so that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of the darkness into the marvelous marvelous light. You don't need Michael Page to tell somebody that. And I can say that because I guarantee you if Michael Page was sitting right there, he'd say amen. You can, because you know why? You know what Jesus has done for you. You know what Jesus has done in your heart. You know how he's changed everything about you. So the third thing, it's just fear, all right? Really, in the end, it's fear. I'm scared of that moment. I'm scared of what that moment's gonna be. I'm scared of what if they reject me. And this is why I read the first part of Romans, because we could have just hung out with the who's gonna go. But I wanna go back to this very quickly. What was he talking about? I can testify about their zeal. They're zealous for God. There's no doubt about it. They're all about God, but it's all about knowledge. It's all about knowledge. It's all about what we know, right? It's not about our relationship with him. It's not about our faith. It's about what we are doing, right? It's about what we can do, what I can do. They created a works-based righteousness, instead of a faith-based righteousness. That's what they did, and that's what he's telling them. Look, this is the center of their righteousness as far as they're concerned. It's what they do and not what Christ did. It's not what God did. And in the end, as hard as this is to hear, isn't that what fear is? Isn't that the fear that's keeping us from, from sharing our faith with somebody and telling somebody our testimony of what God has done? Is that I'm scared. They're gonna reject me. How can they reject you? It ain't about you. It's not about you. It's not about what you can or can't do in that moment. It's not about what you're equipped for or what you're not equipped for. It's about the power of Jesus that saves. That's what we're called to do. You know that in your heart. If you've been equipped with anything, you've been equipped with your salvation. You know what you used to be and what you are now if that message has transformed your life. You know you aren't the same as what you used to be. If you have the confidence of your salvation, if you are secured in that, you know what that message means to you, right? What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of telling someone? I know the man I used to be. I know the person, and I may not have an answer of that incredibly intelligent uh, uh, 
atheistic view. You know what? I don't have an answer for suffering yet, but I know what God did in my life. Come spend a little time with me. I'll tell you about the man I used to be. And then I'll tell you about the man I met that knew everything about me. And then I'll tell you about a man named Jesus that changed everything about me. Right? I don't have to be afraid of that. If they reject that, and some will, they're not rejecting me. They're not rejecting what God's done in my life. They're not rejecting my ability as if I had it to transfer that message so eloquently that people get saved by the thousands. It's not about that. It's just about a willingness to invest in someone and then get to the point to where when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not afraid to be transparent and share my faith and tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way to God and that it takes faith. And that's the good news for us is that the hopes is that our faith is a righteousness-based, our faith-based righteousness, right? That we're not living our lives in there. A Chinese missionary came to the United States, and if you know a little bit about China, China's blowing up when it comes to, to, uh, to people coming to faith. They're doing it in, in incredible numbers. God is working miracles over there. And so when he went back, of course, they were excited to hear, what was it like? What was it like being in this place that's had the freedom to worship God and that has been founded in, in faith? What was it like? He said, I cannot believe how willing they are to do everything apart from God. Even in sharing our faith, how willing are we to do it apart from God and put our trust in ourselves, put our trust in what I can do, put our trust in what I believe, to put our trust in how I want to do it and not trust what the scriptures say and just give them the word of God. Give them the truth about how he transformed our lives and trust that the Holy Spirit has been at work in that person long before you ever stepped on the stage. He's already been at work. That's good news for us. If that's what God's calling that person into, that heart is prepared. And the Holy Spirit's gonna do the work. But who's gonna tell them? Who's gonna tell them? Why do you think the feet are so beautiful that carry the good news? Somebody has to tell. Somebody has to be the one that says, I'll go. I'll do it. We've been commanded to, right? We have to get to a place where we're trusting in God's word, where we're willing to overcome that fear, where we're willing to be transparent about what God's done and willing to invest and engage in the lives of other people. To be strategic about it. Really quick, I'm just going to go through a couple of things, and then we're going to get to the place where we're closing. I was watching a convocation speech at a college that Denzel Washington was doing. And as he was leading these young adults as they step out from college into the world, the thing that caught my eye and the reason why I listened, he said, put God first. So I was listening to it. He was saying some things that he hoped for them. And he said, I hope tonight as you lay your head down, you stick your bedroom slippers really far under the bed so that in the morning you have to get on your knees to get them. And then while you're there, thank God for all he's done. Thank God for what he's doing in your life. Pour out your heart before him. Are we being strategic in the way we, have, we handle evangelism in our lives? Are we figuring out opportunities and ways to build that into who we are? Am I putting my bedroom slippers underneath my bed so that it forces me to get on my knees? Am I intentional in the lives of people? Am I in a connect group right now? You want to know why? Because I get to share my faith in my life. I get to be transparent. I've been visiting with groups, and the one thing that's synonymous about it is the safety of those places, the transparency that are allowed, the vulnerability that's allowed in those places. And it's a safe place to be who you are in Christ and to proclaim what he's done or what he's doing and to have those people, those body, that body of believers in that small environment to circle around you and just walk with you and praise his name and walk with you as you walk through whatever God's doing in that place? Are we building that into our life? Not just so we can meet up at somebody's house and have dinner, that's great. 
But is that a place where we're allowing that transformation to happen? Is that a place where we're practicing our evangelism? Are we working it out on other people? Are we sharing it? Are we studying God's word? Are we spending time? That's what we're doing in those places. We're calling one another into a place where we're opening up God's word and we're sharing it with one another and we're discussing it with one another so that it will prepare us for that time when we get to share the gospel with someone else. We're allowed to be transparent in that. Are we focused on that? Are we taking that opportunity? And but then, here's the thing, that doesn't happen over, like you sit down in there and hey, I'm Eric, I'm from Effingham County, now let me tell you everything about me. Let me tell you all the dirt and all that stuff. It takes investment, right? It takes time, it takes energy, it takes being strategic about my schedule to make sure these things are a priority so that I can grow to the place where I'm comfortable with sharing my faith with the ones that God is calling me to, right? Are you being strategic? Am I being strategic? I gotta do more than just go, hey, I'm a pastor. Let me tell you about Jesus right quick, right? Am I building my life in a way that evangelism has become who I am? And I promise you, we wanna walk with you in that. It's okay to go, I don't know. Come talk to us. Come talk to us in the next step table. Come talk to me. I'll be out here at the end of this. But be transparent, because eventually you're going to have the opportunity to share your faith in what God has done in our lives. And we're going to close, and the music team can come up. Revelations 12, 10 through 11 says this. As I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Anybody feel like they're getting accused before God day and night sometimes? But how did they overcome him? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Are we willing to step into that space and be transparent? Are we willing to do what it takes to invest in the lives of someone who doesn't know Jesus in the hopes that one day we'll get to tell them the name of Jesus and what that name can do? Are we spending our time, are we strategizing our lives in the efforts to follow the Great Commission? Because there's one promise, and you can fact check me on this, but I'm not sure. There's one promise that is supposed to be the most promised thing in the Bible. Do you know what it is? I will be with you always. Go fact check me and tell me if I'm wrong, but I may be. But I will be with you always. We don't have to run into these places in fear. We don't have to run into these places with worry. We don't have to run in these places because that's not a faith-based righteousness. That's me worried about what I can do. The only thing we have to run into is that space to where we know what God has did in our lives and we're willing to be transparent about it willing to be bold about it, willing to pour ourselves out before somebody and tell them, this is what Jesus done in my life. I'm willing to do more than just preach the gospel. I wanna use some words, right? And so that's the thing this morning. If you're in this space, the one thing that you have to know, the one thing that you have to be secured in is your salvation and where you are with that. Has what God has done in your life through Jesus Christ transformed everything about you? Has he changed everything? Have you experienced that freedom, that forgiveness, that peace, that joy that comes in the, the cross of Jesus Christ? Do you celebrate an empty tomb and what that means? Do you look forward to the return of Christ because you know you're going to be found righteous? Not because of what I've done, not because of what you've done, but because of the blood that covers us. Are you secured in that? Have you made that decision? Have you stepped forward in faith and done exactly what Romans is telling you? Not only believed in your heart, but confessed with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. If not, today is the day, and it changes everything. And so we want to ask you to be bold in this place, not because we want to put you on the spot, but because we want to celebrate, because we believe the good news of Jesus Christ and how it transforms and we're going to have people on the sides over here that are here to pray for you. If you want to talk afterwards, I'll be glad to talk. But I want you to know, we want to give you that opportunity because today can be the day of salvation. Can, today can be the day that everything changes. And it doesn't matter if you thought you were somewhere that you're not. 
Today may be the day that I want to have a faith-based righteousness. And if that's you today, there's no shame in that. Let me wipe that. Man, we're just happy anyone comes to the kingdom because heaven is celebrating when any time one child returns, right? So if that's you today, if today's the day you want to make that decision for Christ and secure your salvation, if you want to know that you know that you know that you are in a relationship with Jesus and that you don't just know about him, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Amen. Then for the rest of us, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? There are people who have never found the hope we found. There are people who have never found the joy that we have found. There are people who don't even know what a church looks like. They don't know what a Bible looks like. That have never heard the name of Jesus. And you don't have to go to the 42% to find them. They might be across the street. They might be your neighbor. And they're the 42%. So who's going to tell? These altars are open. We're going to give you a time to come up here and spend time with God and, and just, just see what that looks like. Thank him for what he's doing. Pour your heart out before him. Pray, praise him, everything. Our prayer team is here for you. But I'm so excited about what this church has called us to. Because it's a church that has built a culture that is focused on Scripture. And Scripture is, is calling us to go. And then it's reminding us that we don't have to go alone. That he'll always be with us. And we don't have to depend on ourselves. We don't have to, to praise ourselves. We don't have to trust ourselves. We just have to trust the one that did it all for us. And lean into that power. But I'm so thankful for y'all. I'm going to pray real quick, and, and the worship team will lead us, and the altars are open. Grace Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you and thank you. We praise you for what you've done. We praise you for a cross. We praise you for an empty tomb. We praise you for a message that changes everything. God, let that shake us to our core. Let it change everything about how we live our lives. Let the focus of our lives shift towards the things of heaven, the things of the kingdom. Let us be minded for the kingdom's sake. Let the glory be for you and not us. Let the praise be lifted to you and not towards us. Let us trust in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that saves. Let us cling to Romans 1.16 and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power of God to save everyone. Let us trust in that. Let us have faith in that alone. God, we want to be a church that says yes, and we look forward to where you're going to send us on the map. And Lord, we pray for those that are far off, that are far from you. We pray for those who are in nations that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We are praying for your ones who are already going, praying for the ones you're raising up in this church that you're going to send. Lord, we are praying for the hearts who have never heard that name of Jesus. And we're praying that we become a big church, a big C church that is willing to do all that we can to make sure those people have the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we look forward to what you're doing in this place and the leaders that you're going to raise, the missionaries, the church planners. God, you are going to do something incredible. We trust it, we believe it, and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus Christ.